solvers. Welcome back to the Good Grow Great podcast. How is it going? Are you right now listening to this podcast in your car? Maybe you're going out for your walk, getting some fresh air, getting a break from your work, your house, uh, your business, right? Or your kids, maybe even your friends and some of your family members. Well, I'm glad wherever you are that you are tuning in. And I actually want to give a quick shout out to everybody, everybody who's listening from 40 plus countries all around the world, people in the US. How is it going, you guys? Ireland, UK, Canada, Australia, Brazil, Germany, Hong Kong, Peru, Mexico. How's it going, Mexico? Norway, Chile, Argentina, France, Japan. How are you doing, Japan? Lithuania, India, UAE, Denmark. How are you, Denmark? Israel, South Africa, beautiful South Africa, Ecuador, New Zealand, Costa Rica, Czech Republic, Belgium, Spain, and Italy, Austria, Turkey, Singapore, Hungary, Colombia, Thailand, Indonesia, Panama, Taiwan, Greece, Philippines, and on and on. If I forget a country, I'm so sorry. Ping me, uh, find me, and just let me know where you're listening in from. I want to know and I want to hear because I want to talk about something that is universal to us today, something that relates to every single one of us in every step of our lives, really. And that is relationship. Because when at the Good Grow Great podcast here, we talk about business, entrepreneurship, and success, right? Getting uh, meaningful work done and being able to live meaningfully. We're talking about not just, you know, the numbers. We're not just talking about your work, because that's one part of your life. Now, we all know that another and a huge part of our lives is really the relationships that we have with other people, be it your coworker, right? Be it your partner, colleague, customer, clients, uh, your wife, husband, whoever it is, maybe even your kids, right? And what I found, having seen just a gazillion business owners all across the world in multiple years, I've realized that whether they're happy or miserable, relationships really do matter. And it's really a big chunk of our lives that it really does affect how we show up and get our work done, how we show up in our business and everywhere that we are trying to do good. And that means that whether we like it or not, we have to really come to terms with the relationships and people that maybe A, is ch- are challenging, maybe people who are slightly difficult to talk to, or maybe people that are in our lives that are, happen to be in our lives, right? Family members even, that are still there and that, that are going to affect how we work. And which is why I wanted to share with you Wendy Sterling, who is a relationship and a divorce expert. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let's get growing.
Okay, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, we have Wendy Sterling. Wendy is a divorce recovery specialist, a writer, author, speaker, and certified life coach who founded the Divorce Rehab and the Divorce Women's Guide podcast. Wendy helps divorced women recover from their divorce by finding their true identity and voice by ending their pity party, mourning the loss of their marriage to create a new and better life that they design. Prior to this, Wendy established her 18-year career as a top-level advertising sales executive in the digital space at the world's most progressive social and lifestyle website brands such as Who, What, Where, and Refinery29. Wendy is a graduate from UCLA and a certified professional co-active coach CPCC from the Coactive Training Institute. She is also an associate certified coach ACC through the International Coach Federation. Wendy currently lives in Sherman Oaks, California with her two boys, Adam and Sam. Wendy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm excited to have you on because I think relationship and people who are important in people's lives is really at the forefront for a lot of people. And so the reason why I wanted to chat with you is because a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, everyone who is having to work from home is suddenly facing the reality that, oh my goodness, this is something that could be long-term. And even if they're starting to go back to work, right, and things are starting to reopen, it's still something that people are starting to come to realize, right? That relationships are key. So before we talk about all things relationship and particularly your specialty in divorces, uh, can you talk a little bit about how you came to do what you do and how you become a coach and how you advise these amazing, amazing women in your life? Sure. I'm happy to. So um, I actually believe that divorce can be an empowering experience that women go through to find their true identity and voice to design a life that they love instead of feeling stuck with the one that they have. And I often work with women who are struggling with the negative inner voices in their heads. They feel really stuck. Um, Everybody's always worried about the kids. And so the type of work that I'm able to give to them is based on my own personal experience. And, you know, I will never forget the day about almost four years ago when I was driving home with my husband at the time from a couple's night out late at night and his cell phone rang not once but five times from a female colleague. And it was a punch to the gut that I will soon (laughs) never forget um, because my intuition had told me that something interesting and different was going on. And I immediately knew that something wasn't right. And when I confronted him, when we got home, he of course denied it. And unfortunately I had to go about figuring it out for myself. Um, at the time I had been working in, as you mentioned in my bio, I had been working in corporate America for over 18 years, an amazing career in ad sales. And I just, I loved what I did. Um, I was really good at what I did, but it wasn't fulfilling enough for me. And it was almost like at that same moment that night, I not only knew that um, my marriage was over, I also knew that there was, this was sort of the wake up call that I really needed to start living my life for myself. And when I did confirm my worst fears, unfortunately, um, the next day, I 
had the entire foundation of my life ripped out from underneath me. Um, I looked in the mirror, didn't know who I was. I realized that I had lost myself in my marriage, that I, while I knew who I was in corporate America and I had no problem showing up being the confident, you know, leader that I was, I at home didn't know who I was anymore without seeing my reflection back in the mirror from my husband because he wasn't there. And so it was a massive wake up call for me to start remembering who I was. And I'll never forget, you know, I, I'm, I'm a learner. So I grabbed every self-help book possible. I was also in therapy. I was listening to podcasts, um, just trying to help soothe and help me make sense of what was happening in my life because at the time, like divorce wasn't something that happened to me, <laughs> that I am not the person divorce happens to, right? We were the perfect Facebook facade family, um, you know, but really what was going on behind closed doors was, uh, was very different. And so um, I'll never forget when I saw a Facebook post from one of my friends who actually left her career as a lawyer to become a career transition coach. And I reached out to her because something about it spoke to me. And I knew like, you know, when your intuition in the universe just kind of plops something um, in front of you. And I actually paid attention this time. And so we spoke and what I ended up doing was signing up for the course because I thought it could help me with my career, interestingly. And I was also hoping that maybe it would give me some, um, some solace because I was literally grasping at anything. And what I came to find out was that in the matter of a weekend, I had moved through the emotions of my divorce so much more quickly than I had the entire eight months before just doing therapy. And so I knew that there was something special. And so I immediately signed up for the rest of the courses and hired a coach. And so what I ended up doing was um, I was seeing how coaching and the methodology behind it was really helping me to heal. So what I, you know, again, it was one of those wake up calls where I was like, this isn't happening to me. This is actually happening for me because this is what I am destined to do. I knew that this is what I was being called to do, that my divorce was my gift in terms of how I was supposed to show up bigger in this world. And so I decided to leave corporate America and I combined the methodology of my coaching program with what was working for me and the ways that it was working for me. And I created my proprietary five-step program, which is called the divorce rehab that I now invite women into. And I help them to rediscover their identity and voice and their pity party, heal the wounds, find acceptance, and to really start building a foundation for what is possible in their next life. And it's all created based on what's worked for me. And I've taken countless women through my program. So I know that it does work. And so what, um, so helping divorced women heal is what I do and empowering them to find their true identity and voice to design a life that they love is really who I am. And I am so grateful for the work that I get to do because at the end of the day, nobody should feel shame around their divorce. What it should bring them is solace that life for most of us is actually just beginning. Yeah. And I love, let's go back. And I love your journey. I love your story. I love that what the most, the biggest thing that I love actually is that you took the time to just kind of acknowledge that, oh my goodness, I knew something is up, something's not right. And you took that time to just kind of, 
basically switched directions and you allowed yourself to feel certain ways, whether it's, you mentioned it's shame, right? Whether it's, whether you were shamed about it or whether you felt like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Somewhat, somewhat confused perhaps and all of these different emotions. And I think what's interesting is particularly for people who are fast paced, maybe entrepreneurs who are wanting to uh, reach certain goals, they tend to just kind of skip ahead and just, just kind of glance through and just glide through the pain and not really acknowledging this is really an opportunity to do something great. So let's go back for a minute to the moment when you knew, right? The moment when you knew that something's up, that you had to do something about it. And you mentioned you confronted your husband. What was that conversation like? I mean, walk us through a little bit of that. Sure. Um, You know, just to level set, he and I had been together for 22 years. We met our freshman year of college, married for 15 years um, of those 22. And so he was my best friend. Um, And so it, it was... It was hard. I mean, I, he was always the man that, um, you would never think would do something like this. Um, it made me start questioning and wondering if I could even trust my own intuition and and what I had believed. And, you know, I, I knew something was up because I could tell how, how scared he was about the situation. And, um, you know, I remember feeling betrayed. I remember feeling really confused. Um, my heart was completely broken. Um, and I just, I didn't even know who he was. And, you know, even that night when we got home and I had confronted him, you know, he lied about it. And the next morning I actually went to go work out And I remember sending my kids upstairs um, and I just looked him dead in the face and I said, something doesn't feel right. And I know that what I'm feeling is right. And I need to know what is going on. Um, And he still denied it. And unfortunately, I had to prove that my intuition was correct. And I was able to do that. Um, by, you know, really quickly. Um, and when I did discover it, I mean, I remember it exactly. I fell to the floor. I started having a panic attack. Um, I called my best friend and she left work and came immediately to my house. Um, I had to call my nanny and tell her to keep the kids out of the house because it was a school day and, um, they were due home any second. Um, and I just remember like I, I went limp. Like I could not breathe. I could not believe what was happening. And yet at the same time, I, it's almost like I had known something was going on, but I chose not to see it. And now when I look back in hindsight, there were a lot of signs, right? And I talked myself out of them because I didn't want to see it. And I believe that when you're ready right? The universe punches you in the gut or, you know, put something in front of your face. Like I wasn't ready until that point. And it's interesting because I remember even just a couple of weeks before, like he was going over and beyond like he normally would in, in very extravagant ways. And that's not who he was. Mm. And so that was my first tip off. And 
so like it was almost like it enabled me to finally put the puzzle together to think like, I know I'm not crazy anymore. Like I knew I wasn't looking for something, right? Like when you're trying to look for something, like I knew that what I had been feeling, what I had been thinking had come true, but it doesn't make the pain any less painful. Um, I mean, I was devastated, devastated. Yeah. And this is something that I think has become really, really relevant. I think today, because whether it's an issue that you have with your, uh, with your spouse or partner, maybe even your kids, whoever it is that you're living with, I think because of the time that we're living in, it becomes so important to just kind of have those difficult conversations. And you mentioned it in that for a long time, you felt like it's in your head that you maybe you're wrong and maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you're making things up. And, and when you came to that realization, it's almost like, oh my goodness, this is, you just didn't know how to process it. And it was just having that difficult conversation. And I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because I think any, in any point in your life, whether it's in your work, in your business, right, in, in your life, in your relationships, there always needs to be difficult, difficult conversations that, that need to happen. And I think sometimes waiting too late to do that can be really, uh, I think, really damaging and not just for other people, but for yourself predominantly, right? Because if you wait too long to have those conversations, like what are some of the things that you can do um, now, maybe in retrospect, and maybe you, you help other people with this as well, as far as having those difficult conversations, whether it's being truthful to your boss and saying, hey, boss, this sucks, you know, or, or being truthful to your clients who maybe are not, uh, you know, kind of meeting where you, you expect them to meet with you, right? Whether that's payment or whatever, or to, to your point, relationships, people who are close and near and dear to your heart. And so what are some things that you can do to have these difficult conversations that need to happen? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, and I will admit, I, both my ex-husband and I were really poor communicators to each other. Um, I was a great communicator at work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And yet it's so interesting actually to like see the dichotomy of who I was in corporate versus who I was in my marriage. Mm. And, um, and I do do this work with my clients, right. Is because the, the way in which I coach them, right. Which is asking these types of questions where you're getting curious are exactly the types of questions that I wish I asked in my marriage. Right. And so, you know, unfortunately my ex-husband and I grew up in homes where, um, you know, conversation wasn't necessarily like the strong suit. And it's not that like, I love my parents. I'm super close with them. You know, my ex-husband is really close with his family also. And yet at the same time, neither one of us really knew how to properly communicate with one another because, we hadn't been taught to. I can only speak from my experience, which is that, you know, I grew up in a very traditional home. I, I am first generation born here in the United States. My family immigrated there, you know, my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. And so, um, you know, times were very different back then. And I was raised as though, you know, the, 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 little girl's supposed to be raised, right? We, you know, I was told to sit pretty. I was told to agree. I was, Anytime I had an opinion that was different, I was immediately silenced. Um, And again, like 
I love my family and they provided and I'm super close with them. They didn't know better, right? And so I didn't know better. So I brought a lot of those behaviors and that model into my marriage. And so I never knew how to communicate with him in a way that was productive. So what did I do instead? I story told in my head. So I would have these conversations in my head and then get mad at him, right? Without him even knowing what had transpired in my own mind. And he just never talked like, and that was his defense mechanism growing up because he had very different circumstances in his home. So he just shut down. And anytime, you know, what ended up happening was I was so bitter that he wasn't reading my mind (laughs) that I would pick fights, right? Just for no reason. And I admit that I did that. I have apologized to him for having done that, but I didn't recognize it at the time. And so a lot of what I also do with my clients that I learned to do was to recognize when you felt something inside, like, you know, they always say mind over body. I actually believe it's body over mind and then, you know, body over mind and then body. So I, I, teach my clients and I had to learn when you got that sensation inside, right? Like the gut punch I got in the car, right? To then go, holy crap, something feels wrong. And then to say like, something doesn't feel right here, right? Not to ignore it. And, you know, and I think that everybody's also really good at making assumptions because, that's just the way that we live, right? I think everybody listening can relate to we make assumptions instead of getting curious. Having some perspective, right, that, that, you're, that you're given right now because you have several years um, of, of that experience, that life experience uh, under your belt and just kind of understanding your family circumstances, your ex-husband's circumstance and yourself. What are some things that if people are already in conflict and they're kind of past that, right, that phase of being able to repair anything and they're already kind of past it and they've maybe divorced, separated, um, or maybe even just take an example in business where they've kind of made up their mind that they're going to move on to something else and they're going to quit their job soon. They're getting ready to prepare their two weeks notice, right? Whatever that is. Uh, What are some things that you wish you had done maybe, right? That maybe you didn't do uh, going through that process when you're kind of just over that, that hump, but you're ready to move on. Yeah, that's a great question. And a couple of things are um, coming to mind right now. Um, You know, I think that, and I also just want to kind of set up my answer to that question, which is that, um, I tried to work on my marriage even after I found out about the infidelity. And the reason I did was because we had two kids. Um, You know, it it would have been so much easier to walk away had we not had children. But because we had kids, um, I fought because of them. And so for the next almost year, we went back into couples therapy and we, we, I should say, I know what I did. I can't speak for my ex-husband. I tried 
And part of that for me was I'm the type of person who needs to check boxes. I need to know that I tried everything in my power to save my marriage before I walk away. So for me, it was about, I didn't want to have a, well, what if I had story running in my head? I needed to check my box of, I'm going to try and see if this is fixable. While the percent of, you know, reconciliation after infidelity is low, it is possible. And I'm always an optimist. And I like to believe like, we're going to be that, you know, that low percent that make it through this. And yet at the same time, I ignored what I knew was this is not fixable. And I knew it, but I, I just, I had to do it anyway. And I don't regret that. Um, I will also say like, I'm actually really proud of myself for how he and I both handled all of it. Um, we never put our kids in the middle. Um, we always put them in the center, right? There's a difference when you approach things with, you know, putting kids in the center versus the middle, you're making decisions based on them. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, and I say this to my clients, like if you have boxes to check before you're ready to make the move of, you know, either leaving a job or leaving a relationship, check them because you're, it's, it's something that's going to be in the back of your mind for the rest of your life. And, but give yourself a time limit, right? Like I gave myself a time limit of how long I was going to allow myself to, to work on this. Okay. But understand we've been together 22 years, half of our adult life, like there that required and needed time. And I also knew what his wounds are, but then when that time limit hit and when my gut spoke to me again, I, I'm the one who threw in the towel and said, I'm done. Um, because I wasn't seeing what I needed to see to stay invested in the relationship and it's interesting because part of me wishes I pulled the plug earlier. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the reason that we get paralyzed and we stay comfortable in, you know, what we know is something that's making us unhappy is fear of the unknown. We're afraid of what we don't know. So it feels more comfortable to stay in the known, even though it feels not right. Um, the fear of the unknown feels a lot worse. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that, oh God, there's so many things that are coming to mind. I mean, I, what I learned through my own experience is that when something, when something was scary to me, I, there was always growth on the other side, right? And having to get out of my own way of thinking that the unknown was dangerous or that the unknown would be worse. That's, that is a story, right? The unknown gets to be whatever it is that you want it to be. Um, it doesn't, and, and unfortunately, if you are not doing work on yourself, you are going to stay in that place. I mean, I talk to women all the time who are, you know, I just talked to somebody even just yesterday who is a year and a half post-divorce and she is still stuck. Right. This is amazing. And what I love the most actually is when you pointed out basically the fear of unknown is the 
the most frightening thing for most people. And this is why I think public speaking is really frightening for a lot of people. This is why changing careers, starting a business, helping other people, getting divorced, starting a new relationship, all of these things are very difficult for people because they fear of they fear what they don't know but in reality the fear is much worse when you don't know which is why you mentioned okay just hopping over to the other side the worst that can happen is well you don't like what it is you know and and then you just move on to something else versus never knowing what it's going to be right. like which actually is much much worse right and i think that we also forget that like we're all human humans make mistakes so what Leaders of big companies make mistakes and they just go and they try again. Like you don't have to get it right the first time, yeah, you know, absolutely. And we forget that we're all human. You're not alone, right? Yeah. Absolutely. We're not alone. And everybody does things scary. I started my own business. I'd never started a business before. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, leaving the comfort of corporate and becoming an entrepreneur. I had no idea what I was doing. Thank God Google exists, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's so true because giving ourselves permission, and that's kind of one of the underlying themes here in this conversation is because at any point in your life, you have to give yourself permission to learn. And it's and the worst that can happen, like you mentioned, is that, well, you learn something and then you know not to do that or you know that you should be doing this, which I think is a great comfort, just being a student all your life and just being able to not have everything together, you know, and that's just kind of the the best gift that you can give yourself because that way you really are, you're just kind of like this sponge of opportunities and you're just welcoming good things into your life and choosing the right doors, which is absolutely amazing. So Wendy, amazingly, we're actually out of time. And so if you can just go ahead and share with the audience where they can find you, uh, if you want to share maybe your website or whatever it is that you're working on, and then we can wrap of the interview. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. And this was an amazing conversation. I loved it. I hope your listeners are are getting a lot of value out of it, regardless of where they are. So I would love to connect with anybody who's interested. Um, The easiest way to get a hold of me and to find me are two different ways. First and foremost, I have an amazing private Facebook group called The Divorce Rehab, which you are welcome to join. And also my website, which is wendysterling.net. And from there on my homepage, I also offer complimentary uh, one-on-one calls with me. No, you know, just support. It's, it's no obligation. Um, sometimes we just need somebody who understands what we're feeling to be able to talk to them without judgment. And so um, that's uh, on my website, on the homepage. There's a link there for you to also connect with me on a deeper level if you would like. And I would love to hear from any of your listeners who are interested. Amazing. Wendy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let's get growing.